I'm Richard Pyatt. Thanks for joining us on the Inside Calhoun County podcast. It's the official podcast from Calhoun County government in Calhoun County, Michigan. Pretty exciting around here as we approach the Michigan primary election in February 2024, because for the first time, voters in Michigan will have extra days on which to cast a ballot. Here to talk about that is the Calhoun County Clerk, Kim Hinckley. Hello, Kim. Hi, Richard. Thank you for having me. Well, this is uh, a lot of preparation that you've undertaken. Nine days of early voting. So February 17 to 25, folks will be able to cast a ballot in person if they so wish, just like they would on Election Day. However, there are some differences that we want to make sure you're aware of before we get there. I guess the biggest difference is we're not, generally speaking, always going to the same precinct we would go to on Election Day. And that's one of the big things with this, isn't it? Yes, it is. So early voting um, in Michigan gave local and county clerks three options to choose from. Uh, One, the local clerk could decide to conduct early voting themselves, or two, join with other municipalities, or the third option was join with the county. And so in Calhoun County, we are going to have two of the three options available. Um, We'll have a municipal site which at the Cool Family Center, which will include the city of Battle Creek, city of Springfield, Bedford, and Penfield Charter Townships. And then the rest of the 19 city and townships will come to the Calhoun County Building in Marshall and vote at the Early Vote Center there. So that is a little different. It's not going to be at your normal polling election day um, location. Yeah. And that's about as simple as we could make it. The way you just stated it is you're in these towns. You're going to one place. If you're in the rest, you're going here. That's important to understand. So if you can imagine what it's like on Election Day with all these different polling places, and in order to do that nine days early, every single day for nine days, Mm -hmm. you can imagine what kind of an undertaking that would be. And so this was meant to help simplify that, wasn't it? It is. It's it's trying to give the voters a central location. We also needed to look at um, security to make sure everything is secure. Um, On election day, you have one day. For here, we've got nine days. So we have uh, the election equipment and ballots and forms, everything that goes with election day to make sure that's safe and secure. And for us at the county level, that just made sense to have it here at the county building. Um, So there was several parameters that we tried to look into to make sure we reached every voter as as easily as possible. Um, For the Cowan County voting site in Marshall, we're going from the the edge of Athens Township all the way to the other side of the county and the corner of Clarence Township. So, you know, trying to gauge everybody equally, the site in Marshall made sense for us to have it here. So one thing that also takes place when you're talking about polling places is staffing. And this was an undertaking that your office looked into and sorted out, didn't you? We did. We did. I have a great elections team. Um, I couldn't do this without them. They have been uh, wonderful and they've just um, jumped right in both feet and, and we've just tackled this. Yes, we've trained uh, over 80 election inspectors 
for the early vote site for Calhoun County and Marshall. And so we're going to have shifts for workers. Uh, we'll have a, a site supervisor each day, chairperson, and then the election inspector. So it's just going to be just like it is for an election day. Um, the setup will be the same. Uh, as you see for election day, you'll come in, you'll check in with your election inspector. You will get a ballot. You'll go vote it and then place it in the tabulator, and then get that all-important I Voted sticker. You're going to have an I Voted Early sticker. That's very important. So you're going to, you know, be one of the first ones. We open, you know, February 17th. So it's going to look just like a polling location. So that's a good comfort to the voter. They're going to feel the same way that they do on election day when they come in and vote. We're going to have friendly, smiling faces. But yes, this is huge undertaking, over 80 people, because we've got to have that backup. We always struggle in a presidential primary year with election inspectors because a lot of our election inspectors are of retirement age, and some many of them are very lucky they get to go to warmer climates this time <laughs> of year. So, so every four years, we're always kind of struggling anyways to, to uh, recruit some more election inspectors. And with nine days of early voting, it made it a little bit more exciting challenge. But yeah, people are ready to pull up their sleeves and um, come in and work. And it is a paid position. So we're going to be recruiting for, for August and November as well. So if somebody's like, hey, how do I sign up? Please visit the site, our election site. We have, uh, we'll be recruiting more for August and November. But yeah, over 80 people we've trained. That's terrific. I picked this up from the Battle Creek City clerk when I chatted with her that the response, the volunteer response, I say volunteer, it's a paid position, as you said, yeah. but the response for folks putting their hand up and saying, I'd like to do that was better than they expected. Yes, it, it really was. People were excited about it. And that was the other important thing at the county site. We didn't want to pull from our election day inspectors. We don't want them wore out for our clerks on election day. So we did have some that are like, hey, I'm retired. I've got extra time. I'll be glad to give you a couple extra days to work. Um, but then we recruited a lot of new people that have never been election inspectors before, and they're really excited about it. So yes, we were very excited about the turnout for this. Yeah, that's nice. And you made an interesting point there that uh, if you want to volunteer to be a part of that paid group, that you don't have to say I'm there all nine days, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Here in, in Marshall, we're doing uh, two shifts, morning and afternoon, and they're five hours each. It's not like an election day where you're there 12, 16, 18 hours a day. Um, it's a very long day, and we understand that. So another reason why we don't want to pull a lot from the election day inspectors, because they need all their energy for election day. So it was very important to us. We went to schools. We've reached out to different community groups and said, hey, do you know people who would like to come earn a little extra money and get involved in a civic opportunity? Yeah, it's a nice learning opportunity as well for anyone of any age, I suppose, but as well, young yes. people. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can be 16 and 17 and work in the polls. And uh, we have computers. Uh, so, you know, the younger generation, they pick up on the stuff quite easily. So we're excited to get them engaged in the election process as well. Um, they're our future. And when they understand the process and they're able to go out to the community and say, no, this is how this works. This is what we do on election day. These are the steps that we take. And so that's important. And, and I think especially in the election climate we've had over the last four to eight years, that's even more important today than ever. You know, when people start to question me about things, I always say, you're going to be an election inspector, come learn it, 
come be a part of it, and then you can show others what we really do on election day. Yeah, it's an education for everybody, isn't it, to understand that entire process. And now they have all kinds of days to do this. By the way, the uh, Michigan primary moved up from March to late February, so you had to figure this into your planning as well. Yes, we were back and forth most of 2023 um, until the legislator decided to uh, adjourn for the year. And so we were pretty confirmed then that it was going to be February 27th instead of uh, March 10th, I believe the date was. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, I think about February or I'm sorry, September, we kind of figured, I think this is the direction the legislature is going in. We're pretty safe to say it's going to be February. And so we can forge ahead, but it really moves all of our deadlines along as well. So, you know, we have so many deadlines we have to meet for election day and then throw in early voting. We have more deadlines we have to meet. So it was really important for us as clerks, um, local city, township, county clerks that we knew when the primary was going to be because we, you know, we've been working on it all year, but then we started having deadlines that we needed to meet in November and December. So you just don't show up on election day and, oh, look, it's here and it's, we have months of planning ahead of time. So, and and most clerks, we are planners. So um, it's been a little tedious this last year because we like to plan things and know, and that's been just a, a bit of a hurdle this year. Well, I presume that now that you've cleared it, uh, it feels better and you know exactly how this is going to play out. Pretty much, yeah. Um, we still have some things that we are in training with the the State Bureau of Elections this week, as a matter of fact. Um, everybody has been, you know, had to come to the table from, you know, the state um, to the local clerk. So there's a lot of new things to learn and processes and applications. And so, yeah, we're, we're going to be putting everything together um, right until the last day to get ready for uh, early voting starting on the 17th of February. Kim, how do you perceive the nine days of early voting as being helpful? I think it's inferred, but let's talk about that. What's the intent behind it? The intent is to give voters more opportunity to be able to cast their vote in person. We have election day. We have no reason absentee balloting now, which which changed in 2018 with Proposition 3. So you didn't have to have a, a set reason in order to be able to get an absentee vote. So, you know, we have that, but life is busy. People are busy. We're global. And so uh, many states have had early voting for decades. And um, Michigan's been one of those that we we haven't put our toe in that water yet. And so now we are. So this gives people an opportunity to have nine extra days. They're going to go out of town. Sometimes, you know, it's last minute and they're like, oh, my boss is sending me out of state tomorrow. It's after 6 p.m. the day before the election and they can't get an absentee ballot. So, you know, sometimes you can plan a a little farther ahead and be able to cast that ballot because people do. We are global. People are, are moving and going. And so it gives people an opportunity to plan a little bit farther ahead and still feel like they're part of that election day process because you get an absentee ballot, but there's still people who still want to put their ballot in the tabulator. They want to know, they want to hear that, that cute little sound from the tabulator (laughs) that says you're cast your ballot. And so that's really important to voters. And so this just gives voters nine extra days to be able to cast their ballot and, and know that their voice is being heard. Well, we certainly understand that. The idea that uh, a single day of voting, if you don't have an absentee ballot, election day was it. 
And uh, yeah. as you say, if there was some circumstance that kept us from getting there as we had anticipated, we didn't get a chance to do it. So this yes. uh, gives us some elbow room on those uh, opportunities. So February 17th through 25th is the early voting and then Election Day following on Tuesday right after that on the 27th. So we'll have some opportunity to do that. And I'm glad you brought up the absentee ballot because this situation doesn't really have an effect on a person's ability to get an absentee ballot, right? Right. You can still get an absentee ballot. Another thing that changed with Proposition 22.2 is now we will have, uh, voters will have an opportunity to to be placed on a permanent absentee ballot list. So many clerks had a permanent absentee voter list, which wasn't required by the state, but many clerks did as a convenience. Um, It's easier just to go ahead and send out applications to 100 voters than have 100 voters calling you at each election to say, I need an absentee ballot. So many of our clerks did that, but now the law has changed and you will have an opportunity throughout 2024 to fill out an application one last time and to mark that I would like to be put on the permanent ballot list. And then for each election going forth, you will receive your ballot automatically. Again, like I said, the opportunity throughout 2024, if you choose not to be after um, 2024, if you choose to um, need an absentee ballot after that, you will have to contact your clerk each time then. So yes, you can still get your absentee ballot. You can drop it off before 8 p.m. on election day. But also the new caveat as well is you can bring that absentee ballot to the early vote site and you can cast that ballot into the tabulator or on election day at your local precinct. So that is something that has changed with uh, Proposition 22-2 as well. So you might like to say, you know what, I get nervous going into the booth and marking that ballot, and you like to do it in the comfort of your own home, get your absentee ballot, mark it, and then you can bring it in to the early vote site or on election day in your precinct, and you can still cast your ballot. Well, that's like uh, having your cake and eating it too, I think. (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes, exactly. So someone might be listening and saying, okay, uh, we got nine days of early voting, then we have election day, so technically that's 10 days of uh, ballots being cast. That makes me nervous. Uh, How do you keep track of this process that uh, seemingly feels like it's open for this 10-day stretch? Talk about that a little, if you would. Sure. As I mentioned at the beginning of our discussion, you know, security was definitely at the forefront of of my concerns to make sure that voters, that our, our community members knew that things were safe and secure. And so we have put in processes um, in over and above of what the state has already given us to make sure that the ballots are secured each night. We have a checks and balances system. Um, so each day, um, each night, we're sealing things. And in the morning, the new inspectors that morning, they're going to check and make sure that everything we did matches what we say. And so that's going to go on for each nine days of voting. So we have many checks and balances and, um, you know, we have a secure 
lockable site that those will those items will be put in each night to make sure that things are safe and secure because we understand that there are those that are very concerned about having nine extra days. The other thing to keep in mind is nothing will be tabulated until after 8 p.m. on election day on February 27th. So we, we will not be closing the polls each night. We will be making sure that we will suspend them. And then after 8 p.m. on February 27th, we will close our polls for the early vote site, just like all the precincts are. We'll have election inspectors that come in and, and do that final checks and balances, and our results from early voting will also be revealed after 8 p.m., just like the um, election day polls will be. So you mentioned that uh, other states certainly have done this for some time. There's been some opportunity for other clerks and elections professionals, I would imagine, to uh, understand what some of the challenges might be and maybe what they were and impart some of that information. There's education going on, right? Absolutely. Um, we have a strong county clerks association and and um, we meet regularly. We've been working with the legislatures and our legislative branch of our, our clerks association. We've been working, of course, with the bureau, our elections directors, most counties, not all counties have election staff. And so their group meets and we're, we're constantly learning from each other, best practices and having an input on how this look, was going to look like in the state. Our legislators were very responsive as we were all trying to um, piece in part this legislation that that the voters voted in in November of 2022. And so even some of our county clerks, they were able to go visit other clerks in other states and learn from them about what what works and what doesn't work. And so they've all brought that information back so that we can learn how we can utilize this in our in our own state. So I think as we have, you know, we had a pilot program um, with a few entities in November of 23, and they were able to learn some good things and bad things. And I think we'll just continue to have a good learning process and try to make best practices even better as we go on through this election year. Having said that, though, we're certainly ready for early in-person voting, February 17 through 25. And then business as usual on election day for the primary on February 27 this year right. in Michigan. Before we go, Kim, I wonder if you could, you said it so nicely in the beginning. Uh, let's just talk again for a second about who's going to Marshall to vote on early voting days and who's going to Battle Creek. Sure. So again, uh, the Cool Family Center will have an early vote site there for the city of Battle Creek, city of Springfield, Bedford and Penfield Charter Township residents, and then everybody else. So if you don't live in those four um, city or townships, you're going to come to Marshall to the county building. Uh, we're going to transform the board of commissioner chambers, and we're going to make that an early vote site on the third floor. We'll have signage to get you up there. Um, and and uh, so please come see us. We're going to have inspectors waiting to see your smiling faces and cast your ballots. But the other thing, important thing that I want to just mention, Richard, is with an early vote site, you need to make sure you're already registered to vote. So if you're not sure if you're registered to vote or you've moved recently and you haven't updated that, we can't do that for you at the early vote site like you can on election day with your clerk. So you need to make sure you register to vote. Um, so if not, please make sure you visit. The easiest is to go to michigan.gov forward slash vote. 
and you can look at your ballot ahead of time. You can see what's on the ballot. You can make sure you're, that you're registered to vote. You can, uh, your clerk contact information is there, and you can also see where your early vote site is as well. Okay, say that web address one more time. Michigan.gov forward slash vote. Or as always, you can come to our county website at calhouncountymi.gov forward slash vote early. All right, and we'll put those links in the show notes for this episode of Inside Calhoun County because you may need to click through to those. Well, it's exciting. It's exciting how technology has advanced and these opportunities are out here to help us in choosing which day is best for us to cast a ballot. Calhoun County Clerk Register Kimberly Hinckley on Inside Calhoun County. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Have a great day. 